Thank you so much for checking out our podcast. We hope today's message encourages, inspires, and empowers you to follow after Jesus like never before. Before we get into today's teaching, I want to invite you to join us live at one of our services at any of our three campuses in West Virginia, or join us as we stream live online. For more information or to save your seat at one of our services, visit our website, iheartchurch.online. Now let's check out today's message. So last week, Pastor Q talked about community. He talked about small groups, and he talked about the importance of understanding what a true small group is, that it's not just a a Bible study, it's not just Sunday school, it's it's something that really uh, a, a group of people that have decided to to uh, fulfill God's will for their life. He talked about how Jesus started his church with a small group, how this church was started with a small group actually in the gym of another church. They opened up their facility and let us come in there and and share and, and, you know, dream and and, and believe God for what he was going to do. And we believe that there's still many other churches and campuses and and, and, uh, people whose salvation and things are on the other side of us uh, understanding what true Christian community looks like and what those small groups should look like. And today, is it kind of goes hand in hand with last week's sermon. Some of it may overlap a little bit, but we're going to talk about discipleship today. And the reason why I, I, I want to talk about this is because I think a lot of people would say that the small group, it, it, which Pastor Q talked about how discipleship takes place in circles and not rows, the small group is an avenue for discipleship, but just being in a small group doesn't make you a disciple. There's a whole lot more to discipleship than just studying a Bible or uh, walking through some things. You know, when we were starting the church, we uh, had a small group of people that were meeting together to find what God's will for our life is, to pray for our community, and then begin to put the things that God was teaching us into action into the community. And, and when Jesus called his disciples, he didn't call them and invite them just to come study the Torah with them. He didn't invite them just to come and, and, and listen to some sermons or things. He invited them along to do life with them. And when he called his disciples, he, he, it wasn't just like, hey, will you meet me here every Tuesday night? And we're gonna we're gonna study through some things. I'm gonna show you uh, uh, what what the the prophets meant in the Old Testament through these things. It, it wasn't that type of thing. Like when he called them, he called them to a totally different lifestyle. There was a purpose. One, we'll, we'll look at that at one of those places in Mark chapter one, where Jesus is calling his disciples. It says that he was passing by the Sea of Galilee. And he saw Simon and Andrew, the brother of Simon, and they were casting their net into the sea. And they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Verse 18 says, and immediately, say immediately. It means they didn't have to think about it. They didn't have to pray about it. They didn't have to seek godly counsel about it. Like they knew there was something about this call that Jesus was, was, was pulling on, on their heart. And it says immediately they left their nets and they followed him. And going a little way farther, he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and he saw John, his brother. And they were mending their nets. And immediately he called out to them, and they left their father Zebedee 
in the boat and they hired and hired servants and they followed after him. Now, there was a, a calling from something to something. There, it was a, they had to lay some things down in order to follow him. It wasn't an add-on to their life. It was, it was a call away like, I want to transition. I want to change. I want to see something different in your life. Uh, and and your, your life is going to look a little bit different. And when we were saved, there should have been a, a, a thing where things begin to look a little different in our lives. That there were some things that we laid aside. There were, it wasn't just that we went to church on Sunday and, 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 and we didn't cuss as much and, and, and we didn't, you, you know, get angry as quick and, and that type of thing. That wasn't what was the telltale. It was like, no, they, they left something, which for both of these, they, they left the lifestyle of being fishermen and they began to accept what God's call on their life was, which was to be fisher of men he called his disciples not to study about him but he called his disciples to him see we've had the misunderstanding <clears throat> this is why being in a small group doesn't make you a disciple you can know all about Jesus but it really doesn't make you a follower of him It's one thing to know all the things you should do, but it's another thing to look at what are you putting into practice and what are you doing. And if we're honest, there's many of us that we know a whole lot more scripture and we know a whole lot more about what God is asking us to do than what we are currently obeying. There are things that we know that God has called us to, but yet we are not following and a, a disciple is a follower of Jesus. James and John followed Jesus. Simon and Andrew followed Jesus. Not asked Jesus to follow him and bless what they were doing. You see, the way that we would do this in this scenario is if Jesus came up to us and we were fishermen, we would ask him to bless our fishing business and we would continue to be fishermen. But Jesus wasn't wanting them to continue to be fishermen. He said, no, I, I want a change in your lifestyle. I want things to look different. And he, he, he didn't just try to lead them in a sinner's prayer. Because he knew that by answering the call of God to walk with him, that it was going to be automatic that they would encounter the Father. Because he knew what he was doing with this. And you see, not only did they have that, that calling from something, but... When you're called to be a disciple, there was some insider information that they were going to get in on. And they were going to see some things that Jesus would do that not everybody saw. You see, a lot of times the crowd, depending on what city, they would hear of the things that Jesus was doing. And then when Jesus would come to their town, they would run because they wanted to be a part of it. But they weren't a part of what happened in the other town. But the people who followed Jesus were a part of it all. The people who followed Jesus saw the miracles. But not only the people who followed Jesus, did they not only see the miracles and the things take place in their life, but they also got information and got to understand things about the stories and the, the parables and the things that Jesus was teaching 
that other people didn't get. They, they, they got secrets, is what, the, is what the Bible calls them, or, or mysteries. They got to understand that. There would be places where Jesus would teach the word, and then everybody, you know, is like, oh, that, that was good. And then later the disciples would pull him away and be like, Jesus, what do you mean by that? What, what, what are you talking about with that? One of those places is the, the parable of the sower in Matthew chapter 13, verse 10. It says, the disciples came to him and they said to him, why do you speak in parables? Nobody understands these stories, Jesus. Why, why, do you, why are you talking in these parables? And he said to them, to you, it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of heaven. But to them, it has not been given. Now, what was the difference in between them and the other people? The difference in between them and the other people was they were following Jesus. They were with him day by day. They had sacrificed some things for Jesus. The other people just wanted to see the show. They just wanted to see, they just wanted to see what they could get out of Jesus. Could they get their miracle that they need in their life? And unfortunately today, there's so many people that are in the church world today that are just in it for what they can get from Jesus versus what they can give to Jesus in following him. He looked at me and said, for one, <clears throat> for to the one who has abundance, more will be given to him. But to the one, uh, uh, for, but he will, and he will have an abundance. But to the one who does not have, what he has will even be taken from him. See, this is why I speak in parables, because seeing they do not see, and hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. But he said, but to you, to my disciples, you have been granted the secrets of the kingdom. Psalms, I think it's 25 verse 14 says that the secrets of the Lord are for his friends, that, that those people who fear him that they get to know more about God. Not, not just like about what he did, but about who he is and, and why he does what he does. You see, a disciple isn't pleased just to know the historical facts. A disciple wants more. They want an intimacy. They want to know more about it. And because they have been more invested in the kingdom, then God is willing to give them more. They could be trusted with more because they had invested more into the kingdom of God. And so he could give them more knowledge. That's why he said to the ones who, who have it, they, they, will have, they will know more and they will have an abundance. But to the ones who don't have it, they're, they, they're, what, even what they have will be taken away from them. It's, it's, it's a knowledge, it's an intimacy, it's a closeness. But the problem that we have in the church world today is we have too many people that are content to be a convert. We have too many people that are content to be a member of the crowd versus being what God has called us to be, which is being a disciple. We have too many people that are 
content to be a spectator when Jesus didn't call them to be a spectator. If, if he just wanted them to be a spectator, he could have just given them his preaching schedule and where he would be and say, hey, come and follow me. Come, come see where I am. I'm going to come to a town near you and you can come and, and, and be in one of my services, in one of my healing services, which is the way that most people have run in ministries today. Come and see me I will be here. And Jesus didn't do that. Jesus didn't say, I'm, I'm not letting you come and go as you please. A disciple stays connected to me. A disciple will follow me all the time. Not just when it's convenient and when it fits into their calendar. And he didn't make this easy when when jesus called disciples and and he did this many times he would call his disciples and he would teach them and and want them to to know more and then other times he would he would cast it out to the crowd and he would begin to reach out that's why you can't just be like in a part of a a small group thing but you still need the crowd because in the crowd is where the lost people are in the crowd is where people who are confused and need the healing and everything and so you still have to do the ministry in the crowd that's that's why you still have to have the church as a whole not just the small individual little sections of it but and he would call his disciples to a more intent walk and then other times he would call the crowd to see who would follow mark 8 is one of those places where he called to the crowd and verse 34 it says he called to the crowd uh, to join his disciples and he said if you want to follow me If you want to follow me, follow me. Are you getting this? Summersville, hopefully you're getting it more than Mount Hope is. Because they're just kind of staring at me right now. Follow requires action. Following requires movement. He doesn't say, if you want to be my disciple, pray a prayer. He, he, if you want to be part of me, you're going to follow me. And when you follow me, this is what you've got to do. You've got to give up your own way. You take up your cross and follow me. Because if you try to hang on to your life, You're going to lose it. But if you willingly give up your life for my sake and for the sake of the good news or for the sake of the gospel, then you will save it. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but you lose your own soul? Is there anything worth more than your soul? And if anyone is ashamed of me, my message and, and my message in this adulterous and these sinful days, then the Son of Man will be ashamed of that person when he returns in, in the glory of his Father with his holy angels. He puts it out right there. And this is something that the church world has to understand today. 
that we are not private followers of God, that we secretly follow Jesus on Sundays, but then during the week, we don't talk about him, and we don't spread anything and, and all that. We, ju we just kind of keep it to ourselves. No, a disciple is a full-time follower no matter where they are, and they're not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. They're not ashamed to tell people about him. They're not ashamed of what he's done in their lives. And he tells them that if you're going to be ashamed of me in this world, then when it comes time for me to come back and to get you, I'm going to be ashamed of you before my father. Now, I know this isn't a big shouting message and all that. And maybe that's why everybody is so quiet. Come on, somebody just poke your neighbor real quick. Shake them real quick. Make sure they're awake there. Goodness. But when you look at the phrases he said in there, he said, they must deny themselves. They must deny his own way. That, that, that word, when it says to deny himself, it literally means to disown your will or your way. You completely disown it. It's not even what your dream was. That's not my dream anymore. To see, James and John and Simon and Andrew, they all were going to inherit a successful uh, fishing business. That was their inheritance. That was what their dream was, was to follow in their father's footsteps and stuff. And they had to lay those things down in order to follow Jesus. And for some of you, there's things that God is calling you to do. And, and there's things that he's going to have to, you're going to have to lay down in order to truly follow him. And he tells them, you need to lose your life. You know what that phrase, lose your life, means in the Greek? It means to totally be destroyed, both literally and figuratively. To totally... Now, that, like, blows most of the people in American churches' mind, like, when I got saved, my life should have been like, boom, blown up and completely changed. Yeah. Because that's what a disciple does. A disciple follows no matter what the cost is. Now I know this sounds a little bit different than if you want to if you want Jesus in your life then just pray this prayer and ask him to come into your life. Jesus never said pray and invite me into your life. He said destroy your life and come follow the one that I'm going to give you. He didn't lead them to salvation. Because again, he knew that when he called them to surrender their life over to him, that the end result was going to be that they were going to know the Father. That they were, he was going to lead them to the Father. He was going to be right there with them. And, and that they would know what God's will and what God's plan for their life was. 
Surrender doesn't mean invite in. Surrender means you give it up. You give up your plan, your life, your will, and you follow him. And when you do, it will lead you into the presence of his father. In Luke 9, it's kind of a parallel passage here where Jesus taught the same thing. But in Luke 9, Jesus is with his disciples again. And he had just fed the masses. He had just fed the 5,000. And he goes away to pray by himself. And his disciples come with him as he goes to pray. And he stops and he looks at his disciples. And he says, hey, who do the crowds say that I am? And they speak up and they're like, well, some people th- say you're a prophet. Some people say you're like Elijah. Some people say you're, you're, you're one of these guys and, 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 and everything. And he's like, okay, okay, I get what the crowds say. But who do you say I am? And Peter said, you're the one and only Christ. You're the Messiah. Now, how is it? that the crowds could just see him as a prophet. But Peter and the disciples knew he's far more than a prophet. This man is the son of God. This is the Messiah that we have been waiting for. This this is it. And Jesus looked at his disciples in that moment and he said, hey, listen, Don't tell anyone about this. But realize this. That if anyone wants to come after me, he must deny himself. Take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever would save his life is going to lose it. But whoever would lose his life for my sake will save it. For what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world? but he loses and forfeits himself. For whoever is ashamed of me and of my words, the Son of Man will be ashamed when he comes into his glory in the glory of his Father and the holy angels. He said it to the crowds. And he called them But then when he's away with his disciples, he reminds them, there's nothing in this world that you can gain that is more important than me. There's nothing in this world that you can gain that matters but me. And here, we we just finished that series on repeat of how when he, he does these messages in multiple locations that like, this is, this is something he's really trying to get across. And what is he trying to get across? You've got to lose your life. This can't be about you and what you want and everything that you want. You have to lay those things aside, and you have to come after me. You have to make this. doesn't mean that everybody go quit your job and everybody go into full-time ministry. 
and you go preach and, and all that stuff. What it does mean is realize you are a full-time minister and that you're going to have to lay some things down in your life, some of your comforts, some of the things that you have in order to fulfill God's plan for your life. That when there is a conflict in between what God is asking and what your schedule is saying, that what God asks triumph uh, over what your comfort says or what your schedule says or what your kids' sports schedule says or whatever it may be. That your life constantly surrenders to my will. But you know what? He didn't even just stop there. He went in verse 57. It says they were walking alongside the road and someone came to him and said, I'm going to follow you wherever you go. And Jesus is like, well, great. But foxes have holes. And the birds of the air, they have nests. But the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. In other words, that's great. You want to follow me. But sometimes it may mean that your comfort, you're not going to have your posturepedic bed with your memory foam pillow and your sound machine and your weighted blanket. And the room chilled to 69.2 degrees every night. Are you still able to follow me if it means that you may not have all of life's conveniences? And it says to another person, he said, follow me. And obviously the first person decided to go on home because he liked his bed too much. Because you don't hear, it doesn't say that he joined in and began to follow him. You don't see where there's number 13 disciple following in behind or anything like that. That He knew what it was. Your comfort is going to cost you and it's going to walk away. As we get into some situations that aren't comfortable, you're going to walk away anyway. So let me just let you know up front, this isn't comfortable. I'll give you the option. Before you even start, if you want to walk, walk now. And this does not sound like any preaching that I hear when we're trying to call somebody to Jesus. Listen, Jesus doesn't, he doesn't want to embarrass you. So everybody, put your, put your heads down, close your eyes. Nobody looking around. Don't, don't look. We don't want to bring embarrassment to anybody. Now, if you would like to receive Jesus into your life, will you raise your hand? Oh, there's no hands. Can you slip up a little finger? Just Can you just open your eyes real quick and then close them? I mean, we like lower it down farther and farther to... It's not what he, it's not what he did. So when this other person came, he looked at him and said, follow me. He said, Lord, let me first go bury my dead father. Seems like a reasonable request. Except he didn't say, let me bury my dead father. He said, let me bury my father. In other words, once my dad passes away, 
and I receive my inheritance and I'm financially secure, then I will come and I will follow after you. And Jesus is like, let the dead bury the dead. Let the dead, the people who are spiritually dead, the people who really don't want to be a follower, if you're not willing to truly follow me, then no matter if you prayed a prayer or you, I called you and, and, and whatever, then you're really spiritually dead. I know that sounds harsh, but that's reality when you read Scripture. That's reality for most places in the world. They realize that to follow Christ means that they may be disowned by their family. To follow Christ means that in many places, their own families will literally throw them a funeral and treat them as if they are dead because they have decided to follow Jesus. They realize they can be imprisoned. They realize they can be murdered. They realize they can be raped. They realize that this means by me stepping in and following Jesus, it means that I literally have given up all my rights that I had before and I'm choosing to follow after him no matter what it costs me. Sounds a whole lot different than what I hear in church. But this is what Jesus preached. Let the dead bury the dead. But for you, you need to go and you need to proclaim the kingdom of God. And then another came. And he said, I will follow you, Lord. But first, let me say farewell to those that are at my home. And Jesus said, no one who puts their hands to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. You see, Jesus knew when he was calling people, he knew there are going to be things in this world that are going to hold you back from walking in the full life that I have for you. Whether it's your 401k and your inheritance like it was for the man who wanted to bury his father first, or it's your comfort like it was for the man who didn't want to risk being homeless, or it's your family, because sometimes, believe this or not, God will call you away from your family. And parents, can I tell you something? God will call your children away from you sometimes. The whole family first and blood is, is thicker than, than anything and all that stuff. That is not a biblical principle. And here Jesus even said, he said, no, no, no. If, if you want to just go, if you're so caught up with your family that you can't follow me, then, then don't even put your hand to the plow. Don't even start this because what will happen is you'll start walking with me and family will start pulling on the heartstrings. Oh, but we miss you. And we're not going to see your baby and we're not going to see your kids and, and our grandkids are grown up and we never get to see them and all this stuff and it'll pull you'll constantly be pulled in between and there's even one place where jesus said or the 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 people are jesus is teaching and the people are out there and he's saying jesus your your, your mother and your your brothers and sisters are, they're out there and jesus said who are 
my brothers and sisters and those, but those who hear the word of my Father and obey it. The people who are doing the will of God. Those are my brothers and my sisters. I've watched many people start out, step out to do ministry until things get uncomfortable. Man, I really thought if I was going to do ministry that I'd be rich by now. Well, I am 25 years into ministry and nowhere near rich. Financially. Financially. But what I have on the inside, my family, and I had somebody ask me like, don't you miss like doing stuff with family and you know like your family's in different places don't doesn't that like bother you that you're away from them and and that type of thing and I just looked at him I was like I have family I mean I got brother Jonathan I got Mark Uncle Mark Mark watched me preach when I was 16, 17 years old. Hopefully I'm a little bit better now. I understand what Jesus meant when he said this. Like, this is, who's my family? But this Because even scripturally, the Bible says that when husband and wife, that they are to leave family and cleave to each other. I know one day my kiddos are going to leave me. But I don't have to say no to ministry so that I can make sure I soak up every minute with my kids. You know what I can do? I can teach them this is the center of everything. Follow me as I follow Christ. Which is what Paul said. Jesus didn't want to be a part of your life. He wanted to give you new life. Abundant life that is far better. And so many people, you wonder why, well, I got saved and, and I, I'm not living an abundant life. Well, you prayed a prayer, but have you become a disciple? You see the difference in between a convert is a, a you can be a member of the convert. It wasn't saying that the crowds didn't know Jesus. There were people in the crowds who, who loved Jesus, but they weren't willing to commit to Jesus. They weren't willing to follow him no matter what. And they'll make it to heaven one day, 
because the blood of Jesus was strong enough for their sins to cover their sins but Jesus constantly went to the crowd and he said hey will you follow me will you follow me no 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 I don't mean go to church on Sunday I don't mean read your Bible every now and then I mean will you follow me Will you be someone who truly loves me? Jesus said the people who love him are the people who obey in his commandments. How many people do we have sitting in the doors of a church today that say they love Jesus, but they don't listen to him? It's because they're fine to be a part of the crowd. Paul understood what Jesus meant when he said it take up your cross and he wrote it to the church in Galatia Galatians 2 20 he said I've been crucified with Christ and it is no longer I that live but it is Christ who lives in me and the life that I live in the flesh I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me so my question is have you asked Jesus into your life or have you given him your life? Because there's a big difference. There's a big difference. Are you just seeking for him to bless yours? Or are you choosing to walk with him day by day and know that you're blessed? See, the crowds knew all about what Jesus did. But the disciples knew who Jesus was. See, do you, do you just know about him? Or do you truly know him? And a lot of it is on the other side of being willing to lay down some things willing to lay down your comfort being willing to lay down your retirement plan being willing to take steps and do the things that God is asking you and calling you to do what are you holding on to Thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past messages. If you like what you're hearing, please rate and share. For more content, to connect with us, or if you'd like to support this ministry by giving, visit our website, iheartchurch.online. We love you and have a great day.